0: Welcome to Beauty 4.0, a podcast by Cosmetics Design Europe, brainstorming opportunities in tech and cutting-edge innovation for an industry that can thrive. In this fifth episode, we speak with Lisa Di Natale, Senior Manager for Clinical Efficacy and Claims at Avon, about the use of facial imaging systems to develop formulas and product claims across a range of diverse skin tones and types. Get ready for in-depth insight on how images play an important role in clinical trials and more on the power of visuals for marketing, claims, and better brand engagement in a highly competitive beauty world. So thank you so much for joining us today, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Now, Lisa, you and the team at Avon have developed a facial imaging system, which is inclusive to all skin tones. Can you talk me through this innovation, uh, how you've developed it, what
1: technology it uses and exactly what it does? Absolutely. So my team and I started this development actually back in 2015, and every year we optimize it to enhance it and make it better. There's three main components to this system, flexibility, power, and openness. So flexibility meaning that I can take an image of someone who's very light skin and someone who's very dark skin all within the same study without having to change the imagers or the cameras. That's very key to make sure that I get the same image across all of the different skin types and tones. The power, this power that's built behind this, the filters and the um, the lighting, really enables us to, again, regardless of the skin tone and color, I'm able to get even pore size looking at fine lines and wrinkles. Whereas if I didn't have this power behind it and the flexibility, A lot of that would get washed out. Um, In the darker skin types, you wouldn't be able to see it. And in the lighter skin types, it would be very accented. So it really enables us to have that range across all skin types and tones. And the openness. So a lot of the commercial available photo booths are just that it's a booth that you put your face in, um, which is great and they work great, but not in this case for darker skin individuals. What happens is a lot of the light and the flashes kind of bounce off those walls, if you will, and then enables um, almost more reflection. So you lose all of that high definition in the person's skin, which is really what we're trying to capture, right? So we have this open booth, um, so you don't get that bounce off or the bounce back of the, the light, but we still have it very clinical and standardized, meaning that there is a chin rest built into the imager so that every time the subject comes in she she or he put their chin into this rest to make sure that we get the image in the same exact location which as you can imagine in clinical photography is very very important We also have a ghosting imager that's, um, you know, there in the computer as well so that if the person is, you know, slightly tilted or they're making a face, we can look at their baseline image, um, compare it to their current image and ensure that, you know, their face and the location and the way that they're tilted and so forth matches is exactly the same. And as the years go on, um, the reason why we continue to optimize is because, you know, better flashes come out, better cameras come out. Um, So this enables us to just literally build off of this and take, you know, the guts of it and and just make it better as the years go on.
0: Yeah. So at least at this open booth, has it been designed to be an in-store booth accessible for consumers who just want to come
1: in to a retail store? So we use it in my lab. You know, this type of imager has been designed so in my lab, subjects can or, you know, whomever we're trying to take images of can just come in and, and have their picture taken. So it's not really utilized in the commercial setting. It's more for clinical trials. Okay,
0: fantastic. So the clinical trials that relate to the products that you're developing. Correct. Okay. And, you know, I'm curious, what prompted you and the team to develop this system? You've mentioned there are a few clear sort of gaps and difficulties with previous systems. But, you know, what was the trigger for for you and the team to kickstart this project?
1: Sure. So there was a couple of of different triggers. I have a very technical, I mean, you know, we're scientists, so we're always thinking of tinkering with things and optimizing things and making them better. And um, I have a bunch of, you know, amazing technical people on my staff who, you know, realized that the commercially available ones weren't really giving us what we wanted, right? We wanted to be able to, in a picture, in a 2D image, to be able to see what I would see if I was looking at you um, live, right? So we realized that uh, in order to get there, we needed to develop something ourselves so kind of went behind the scenes and and saw how those images are developed and and took them apart and kind of backwards engineered them um, to really get you know what we were looking to see which as I said was if I was looking at your face as opposed to a printout of of a picture.
0: And on a sort of a granular level then how would you use that imaging how does that translate to the work you're doing in the lab and the clinical
1: trials? So we have actually such a broad range, Um, you know, our primary focus is skincare, of course, but we also do color. Um, So we use it for long lasting of foundation, for example, or um, lengthening of mascara from a claim support perspective or, you know, to see how a product, if a chemist is designing a formula to see where it stands, how efficacious is it really before we go out to our consumer or our, you know, full scale clinical trials. But from a skincare perspective, it's actually used for multiple different avenues. There's two that are very, very important. Obviously, claim support, right? At the end of the day, I need to be able to provide efficacy via claims to the consumer to really make her understand how the product is going to perform, right, and what it's going to do. But Oftentimes, we have these amazing ingredients that we're looking into or amazing formulas, but we're not really sure what they do. Mm -hmm. So we work very closely with our product development chemists, and they'll often come to us and say, listen, I developed this amazing formula to do X, Y, and Z. Can you see if it's doing it? Can you see this? scale of it. And then we often develop them together. Okay, maybe it's not as moisturizing as we thought. Maybe it's not, you know, it's a little bit too tacky. So we literally develop the products from, um, you know, infant stages, if you will, all the way to when we say, oh my gosh, look at this product, you know, we were looking at it for wrinkles, but this woman had under eye dark circles, look at what it did to her dark circles. And then we show those to marketing and kind of develop the, you know, the concept from there. So it, it kind of depends on the project, but it's used for so many different items. It really uh, makes our job a lot easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, amazing that it's sort of used simultaneously alongside the product development that, that you do with the rest of the team.
1: It is. And actually, um, right this week, my team, um, we're looking at two different foundations where we had one um, and it's mattifying and long wearing and we love it. But of course, we're always looking to make them better. Right. So we kind of do a split face image where we have the old formula and then the new or the restage and to see how they um, perform relative to each other. So um, we definitely use it to work across all the product development groups. And like I said, it really helps because I can explain something to you, but it's probably which you'll, you'll probably get an understanding or appreciation for it. But if you see it with your own eyes, it gives you a much better understanding of it. So this enables us to show the chemist what we're seeing and point it out and and really help guide them in, in next steps if they need to optimize the formulas.
0: Yeah and this piece behind why you really developed this system about skin tones has become increasingly important in the beauty space right do you think that that has also been a key prompt for you in more recent years to really refine
1: a system that caters to such a broad spectrum of skin tones it does absolutely because you know it's one thing to say well you know it's good for all skin tones and types or you know it, it'll work for you right I and mean, anyone can see that and you might, may or may not believe it, but often if you see something, if you see a before and after with a skin tone or type or color that looks like yours, you're probably going to believe it more um, because you can relate to it, right? We're not just telling you a story. We're not just, um, you know, saying words. We're actually showing you, look at what it did to this woman that has darker skin. Wow. Her skin matches mine. Maybe it'll work on mine. So, you know, there's so many products out there. This space is so saturated skincare. You really have to come up with a way to you know step one up or, or show people why they should come to your you know space or your, buy your product right and it's really about being able to relate with them and, and showing that yeah this will work for them it's not just we're telling you it's actually you know visible with their naked eyes
0: and so ultimately these images uh, provide avon and avon representatives and distributors a, a means to to show
1: consumers is that how Absolutely. they're being used as well Absolutely. Um, we use them for our representatives for our training, even. You know, Avon offers a lot of training. If you think about it, all of our representatives are almost like an independent store, right? So we want to make sure from the science perspective that they're trained so they can sell the products um, and, and really understand them. So oftentimes we'll help the um, PR or creative teams generate these tools that the um, you know, education team will then educate the reps so they really understand it, so they can then translate the message to their consumers. And of course, they can use the before and afters as well. But it's really all about, you know, education and understanding whether it's consumers, reps or all of them.
0: Yeah. Now, you mentioned that you've got the the system in your lab. Is it sort of a, a one-off, one one-only system or are there plans to roll this out at a wider scale across the Avon network?
1: That's a good question. We actually have um, three of them in my building. Uh, we have two for the face um, and one that we use on arms, you know, if we're testing a body product or something like that, you know, we we can um, ship these and, and design different um, ways that we could use them across the board. We've used them sometimes in, in PRs or different scientific representation. The hard part about it is because it's so complex and so sensitive, it's difficult to ship it and move around. So um, over the years, and I think this is a space where we need to move the needle and push the industry is to get something like this in a travel mode that works, you know?
0: Yeah, because Avon is a global company, right? So it could potentially be useful to have this on the ground in certain markets.
1: Yes. And, you know, we over the years, I've been at Avon 20 years. And, you know, over the years, we've Tried to um, work with different vendors and just assess different tools that are those, um, you know, where we can send to women's home and or you can buy off the shelf. And, and some of them work very well. But the problem is they're not precise. Imagine if I were to take it with my cell phone might be d- an image with my cell phone might be different than an image with your cell phone. So these imagers, you know, we need to ensure that they have very much the same consistent resolution and so forth. So what I would love to see over the years is us be able to take something like this, optimize it so that we can enable consumers or our reps or whomever, you know, to have these tools in their home to be able to use.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask that this whole, there's a huge boom in um, mobile devices and apps in the beauty world. Do you see a potential to ultimately push the needle for this imaging system to
1: be compatible on a, on a consumer handheld phone device? That would be the ideal scenario. We've viewed different ones over the years, and oftentimes what happens is it loses so much of that resolution because, as you can imagine, it depends on the positioning and and the background and and the flash and the light and so forth. So there's so many things that have to be built in, whether it's to the app or something you would attach to your phone, right, that would get a significant amount of, of consistency across the board. So these things we definitely have to standardize. It's really, really complex. And if you think about the Avon market, you know, we have some very sophisticated um, markets and some very, you know, up and coming markets. So it's definitely a challenge, but one that, you know, we've been working on. We haven't cracked it yet, but something that we're consistently working on.
0: Yeah. And since the building of the imaging system, you know, it sounds like it's an extremely important tool in two aspects for that product development, clinical trials, proving efficacy, but also um, as a tool to show consumers to prompt purchases and, you know, trust in your brand. Have you got an idea on how that's weighted, Lisa, at the moment in terms
1: of where the importance lies
0: for this imaging system?
1: My personal opinion is that it it lies solely in, again, enables them to make a decision, right? Because... These spaces, whether it's a mascara or an anti-aging skin cream, there's so many to choose from, right? How do you pick that right one? How do you make a decision, whether it's by brand or even within our brand? We have, you know, a bunch of different um, products in that same space. So you need something that is either going to attract you to it or make you want to buy it, right? So, um, you know, I I feel like a lot of these things, you have to almost – either show a point of differentiation or give her a reason to be interested to purchase yours versus the others. Mm, Okay.
0: And if we just take a a sort of step back now, I suppose, and consider the beauty market more holistically, especially skincare, what would you say the biggest challenges are that you think can be plugged or addressed
1: by this type of technology advance? So I really think it's all about, you know, conveying the message to the consumer, really showing her instead of just telling her, right? Because again, if I tell you, oh, this product is going to reduce your wrinkles by 30% that might be great the number might be uh, you know interesting to you but unless you can really see what that translates to i'm not sure that you know that's really understood by the consumers or by um our representatives so to me it's all about showing visually showing those benefits it could even be a mascara right i could tell you this is a volumizing mascara but your interpretation of that might be different than my interpretation of that so For you to be able to see a visual of that really, I think, helps you make a decision and kind of puts you in a different space as opposed to just listening to, you know, or seeing words on a piece of paper.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we have, you know, society as a whole, I suppose, it has become such a visual led society particularly in the beauty space that i suppose it fits quite nicely into that trend
1: it does and honestly you know we even use this and, and it's sad to say but it's very very true so we're being honest here so i'm going to tell you, you know even for internal cell right i mean within avon there's often times where you know the scientists might come up with something and it might not be believable if i just tell you look at what we found it reduces under eye dark circles which is very difficult to do I might have to show you in an image to get you to believe in it. Right. So we use it for so many different things um, to get everyone to believe in the product, whether it's my boss or, you know, a consumer or, you know, the other markets across the world. And do you think
0: that the beauty industry as a whole can expect to see more of this visual imaging technology used as Avon is using your system now?
1: I can, Uh, you know, over the years, I've definitely noticed a lot more um, commercially available hardware and software similar to this. So kind of spin-offs of it. The one that we have is Avon proprietary. So, you know, behind the scenes is all, you know, secret. Um, But, you know, I imagine that there's others very technical inclined that could develop something similar. I know there are a lot of big companies such as ours that do similar work, you know, especially given where the world is today, right? There's inclusivity and diversity. Everyone wants to make sure that you know they're making products regardless of your skin tone and type and color for everyone, right? So these are amazing tools that we can prove to you, the world, and everyone that these products are not only safe to be used on those skin types and tones, but suitable, right? Whether it's makeup or or skin creams, because um, oftentimes yeah. we hear. A lot of darker skin. I, I do a lot of work with South Africa and Brazil and, you know, here they don't want to use moisturizers because they think it adds oil to their skin. And actually it does the reverse. Right. So we work on a lot of tools to train them why that's not true. Same with sunscreens. You know, they don't want to use sunscreens because it makes their skin look oily. Well, if you don't do that, your skin's going to get more pigmented. Right. So, you know, it, it's all about the education, too, which, I, again, I think these tools really help um, enable education regardless yeah. of, you know, the market.
0: Yeah. And like you said at the beginning there, that this tool plays a sort of important part, but a, a small part of the broader work that Avon does with clinical trials. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, with this imager, you know, before this imager was designed, um, what we would have to do if I was doing a trial on, you know, skin type 1 and skin type 5 at the same time, we would almost have to tinker and change the settings and so forth during the trials. And as you can imagine, that's not ideal and you never want to do that so with this type of system, the power enables us to kind of automatically dial it up and dial it down without having to take it apart and kind of build this new generation. So it really enables us to do within the same study, the same standardized settings, but to be able to capture a lighter skin and darker skin at the same time.
0: Now, between skincare and colored cosmetics, what's more difficult when you're trying to cater for such a diverse range of skin tones?
1: Actually, they each have different challenges, but difficult challenges. Because with skincare, depending upon your skin tone and type, you have different needs that you want to address, right? And in, in lighter skin individuals, typically their skin will start to wrinkle first on average. Whereas if you're darker skin, typically you'll get more pigmented spots, um, mottled pigmentation, or melasma. So it's kind of addressing a, a different um, issue, if you will. As you age, you know, usually both skin types and tones have similar efficacy issues that we need to address, wrinkles and pigment, but it, it happens at a different rate. So that that often becomes a challenge because, you know, when you're recruiting someone uh, to run in your clinical trial, you want to make sure that they have the conditions that you want to address from a skincare perspective. Within right. color, color is an interesting one, you know, color... It depends on what we're doing, right? I mean, we can often look at matching a foundation, right, where we want to make sure that there's undertones, right? There's red and blue and all these different yellows and so forth. So we want to make sure, let's say, that our undertones within our foundation palette match and and are available for all the different skin tones. So that's, that's a challenge, right, the matching piece. But then I also think as you're treating those subjects you know, that could be a challenge as well. So it it really depends on what you're assessing on the skin. Um, Mascara is not too much of an issue. It's more of the, um, you know, foundations and, and those types of things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned as well that you've got an imaging system set up for the arm to monitor body care. Was this sort of a second phase of the development?
1: Yes, it is. So we use that sometimes, It's an interesting thing. We do use it for body care, whether you're looking at hydration or shine or something like that. But we also use it for... development of skin products, regardless of the body type, or something as simple as lipstick. If you can imagine, obviously, you only have one set of lips. So for us to test something on your lips, we would have to do it over a couple of days, right? If I were to, let's say, look at um, the mattification or how shiny it is, if I put it on someone's arm as a test, you know, to start with, before we go to lips, we could put four or five different squares on the arms and and take this image. Um, And again, have the chemist, right, look at the shine and mattification, So we kind of use it as part of the development process as well. And it really, again, helps the chemists design their formulas. And then, of course, you know, marketing always likes the before and after. So it helps us with, you know, the internal sell as well.
0: Yeah. And do you think that technology, Lisa, it could be translatable to hair, hair type and ultimately hair care? Or would that require a sort
1: of complete rethink on how you've built this system? Um, it can. We've honestly used it. Um, there's one uh, imager that is commercially available that kind of assesses hair shine. And and we've taken some of that, um, those learnings and, and incorporated that here. We don't do too much work on hair um, at Avon. We do um, some. So we've over the years, you know, definitely have utilized it to assess certain things. I definitely think there's ways that you can optimize it if, you know, we were to look to innovate there, you know, more. But right now, yeah, you can definitely use it for that as well
0: okay and what would your key takeaway message be lisa to others who are working in beauty innovation uh, about the future that you anticipate and how imaging uh, can play a part in that
1: So I would say, you know, always look to continually to innovate, right? Always challenge the status quo, even if something is commercially available or um, something that, you know, there is a tool that you could use. Maybe there's one better. Maybe there's one that can um, give you really the benefits that you're looking for. So almost looking to continue to enhance and, and better the tools that are on the marketplace, don't be happy with what's just commercially available. And look to different different areas, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be cosmetics. We've learned a lot of things from the paint industry, for example, right, about shine and modification. So it's just about, you know, bringing the different tools and the science and creative lens Oftentimes, we have many brainstorming sessions, and it's not necessarily to crack a project or how we're going to claim it. It's just to hear everyone's different creative juices flowing, and then it might um, inspire some of our technical staff to then, oh, wow, I could do that, and and I can bring this instrument to a different place. So it's all about just continuing to make things better. Like I said, I've been at Avon 20 years, and I feel like every day we still do things better and different and learn, which who knew that that would still be a thing, right?
0: Mm. No, yeah, definitely. And on a a final sort of tech question, I'm curious in everything you do here with this imaging system, are there any horizon technologies or advances that you're closely monitoring that you think could really bring something extra or, you know, step up your system in in the coming months or perhaps years?
1: Um, I would love to be able to take the imager and, you know, make it more, not necessarily compact, but more suitable to go to different locations, right? We often do a lot of consumer trials and and clinical trials separately, but ideally I would love to be able to, um, you know, take this type of imager and be able to bring it to the different locations without jeopardizing, you know, potentially damaging it. You know, I'd love to be able to get it more in a more compact, be able to have the same qualities and the same outputs and the same high resolution, but be able to make it more compatible to be moved around. Because I feel like once you then take something like this and make it more compact and and be able to move from location to location, you lose some of that resolution. You lose some of that, you know, where you can see the pores on the lighter skin and the darker skin. Um, I I don't want to lose any of that. I want to optimize it and make it better, you know.
0: Definitely. Well, it sounds like you and the team will continue to be busy and refresh as technologies come to you or ideas get kickstarted internally. Thanks so much for sharing all of that insight, Lisa. It's been really interesting and it will be certainly good to follow how things evolve.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, that's all from us at Beauty 4.0, a podcast by Cosmetics Design Europe, bringing you everything you need to know about tech and innovation advances in the field.